Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Fight Podcast. I'm Denver Ekman. And I'm Brian Holm. And uh, we know it's been a little while since our last episode, but uh, this one where we're going to talk about uh, worldview, uh, we felt it was necessary to, to, to take, take some time on. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, before we get into that, just a little bit of a recap. Uh, it's not quite last week, but last uh, episode, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we talked about the recall, and uh, the recall seems like a long, long time ago now, but uh, just uh, obviously, given our position on that, we were kind of disappointed in the outcome, especially at how great the um, the uh, the margin of loss was, and, and uh, it just is very disappointing. Yeah, it didn't really... You know, at, at the time of the recall, you know, maybe we had a chance at, at winning or losing, but just that margin was so much larger than, than I expected, and I think a lot of other people expected. So it was just kind of weird to me. Well, it really disheartened me uh, just how basically uh, the people came in and, and were able to uh, talk about Trump and, and and raise up people's fears and get people out and, and it just can skirt all of the real issues that were out there and uh, trying to generate irrational fear. Yeah. Uh, but here we are, and I know I don't know about you, but I'm um, I'm even more energized than I was before. So I, I'm go. with you. I just we have to realize their agenda, and part of their agenda is you know scare tactics. And I guess uh, according to the election, that kind of worked. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, uh, when we do the lightning round a little bit later, I got the, there. There is encouraging news uh, about things that are still happening and and going forward. So yeah. I've just really been trying to pray about uh, how to proceed from here. But uh, here we are. Looking forward to this episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's, like I said, it's been a while, but I think it's uh, worthwhile to to spend some time on it. Yeah. Well, before we go on, the, just the last episode talking about the main thing. Uh, and I just, it's been really good for me to keep reminding myself of that, uh, that the main thing is the gospel. Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and that really is what's going to go into eternity. Um, and just as I reflected and listened back on that and, and appreciated the kind of the teamwork we were able to do, but um, I just want to make sure that, that we clarify that that uh, that knowing Christ isn't just for eternal rewards. Mm. Uh, the little little cliche that it, uh, you know so many Christians think it's all about pie in the sky by and by, yeah. <laughs> and there's no real uh, there's no uh, nothing really uh, earthly about it. But um, uh, John ten ten, Jesus really talks about how he's come that we should have life and have it more abundantly. And uh, that that uh, I, w- I want to make sure that that's clear for us. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, just going back to the main thing. Uh, if you haven't uh, listened to that episode, I truly encourage it. Uh, just even making the episode, you know, and and going back and forth was was beneficial to me, and I hope it was beneficial to everybody that listened to it. Um, and it's it's easy to to let that slip. Uh, to focus on other things, but it's important to realize and know, uh, you know, what is the main thing, and not only, you know, our individual lives, but, you know, for everybody's life, and to hopefully, you know, to do what we're supposed to do, and disciple people, and hopefully they'll realize that as well. Yeah. 
Yep, and just about the only other reflection was just uh, we we talked a lot about in the, in the talking about the gospel about the the difficulties and and challenges of, of knowing Christ, but uh, the, the even more important is that He's promised us His joy and peace even in the midst of that, and that He's in control during that that time. So yes, and we were very blessed. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, so today, uh, you know, obviously last episode we discussed uh, what happens when we disagree. Uh, either about the Christian gospel or our politics, um, but today we want to talk about more of a worldview, and and not only you know what is a biblical worldview, but uh, the other ideas that are out there. Yeah, so you know we, we mentioned a little bit how it's uh, it seems easier sometimes when we agree on on lesser things, and and even politics, or if we're a member of the Garden Club, or you know go down to the. Uh, you know, whatever little organization we're a part of, but we disagree about the gospel. But uh, I, I guess because as believers, the gospel is such an important thing that uh, uh, we 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 want to make sure we agree on that. And so it's harder when we agree on other or we when we disagree on other things. And I just, as I look at things, and I just feel like we disagree. Or we're we're not in unity about a lot of things that looking at the Bible, we really should be in unity about. And that calls for some tough dialogue and, and conversations, but that's kind of what we're trying to start up here. Yeah, you'd, you'd think that when we disagree on the gospel but agree on politics, that would be uh, easier because, you know, when we talk about the gospel and we talk about uh, our faith, you know, that, that's eternity. And so you would think that would be more important. Um, but it is somehow more difficult uh, when we agree on the gospel. And uh, differ on politics, and that's just kind of the way of life. But we, in my opinion, I think we need to find more of a balance between that because we do have a lot in common, uh, and we need to, you know, try to find those things and, and work on uh, what, what's good for us here on earth and here for uh, uh, what's good for eternity as well. Yep, yep. Sometimes I think we're we're being played unnecessarily, and uh, let it be good to uh, not let the devil succeed in in uh, uh, dividing us over things that are uh, are really essential and uh, so that's what we're trying to do here and uh, talking about worldview well I mean just going back to uh, speaking of balance um, you know obviously God is in control in our life and in the world um, but we do have <coughs> excuse me we do have responsibility and we do have um, you know decisions we can make here uh, and in our world, and so what, what's how do we balance that? What can we do uh, here uh, that's not only good, you know, like I said, for uh, our world, but you know, what, what's good in the eyes of God? Exactly. Well, we'll lay it all out when we get come back in just a second. All right. Now, as we dig into worldview, uh, uh, in today's session, we're going to first of all talk about uh, what do we what do we mean when we say worldview in general, and then what uh, what designates a a Christian or more specifically a biblical worldview, and then finally why does that all matter? Uh, so, just in defining this, there's a lot of ways to cut up this pie, and uh, we just found a, a resource that seemed to say it fairly dis, uh, succinctly. So we're gonna we're gonna read. This comes from a, a place called CompellingTruth.org. 
Um, so here is kind of a definition of what we mean by a Christian worldview. So and I'm, I'm quoting from the website now. The term worldview is used to describe a core set of values and principles through which the world is understood. A worldview is a compilation of an individual's perceptions of the world, essentially the way a person understands reality. A person's worldview is very important as it impacts virtually every decision in life. A specifically Christian worldview, then, would be viewing the world through a Christian-slash-biblical lens. A Christian worldview is one in which the Bible is formative. Yeah, I like that. And I think the part that I like most, that's the most useful as far as uh, describing it, is a person's worldview is very important as it impacts virtually every decision in life. I think that's really key to understand right there. And when we go through the different types of thinkings and worldviews, you can kind of get more of a sense of that. Uh, so with a worldview, and again, we are quoting from uh, the website, a worldview must come to grips with the three following questions. Where did we come from and why are we here? Why is there something terribly wrong with the world? Can what is wrong with the world be fixed? Different worldviews answer these three core questions very differently. Let's contrast the Christian worldview with the naturalistic worldview on the three questions. Now, that's that. Th those three questions are, uh, to me, quite vital. Um, and as we go through, we'll kind of answer those. Yeah. In our, our next segment, in just a, a couple of minutes, we'll be, uh, we'll be contrasting, as it says, uh, a Christian or biblical worldview with, um, with an, a naturalistic worldview and kind of outlining... Uh, f four of the the most common worldviews that we will uh, encounter as we interact with people. Um, and then uh, just finally, the last uh, little quote is, a, a worldview is a co is comprehensive as an impact. Our worldview affects everything we do. We said that earlier, uh, whether we recognize it or not. So even though we might not uh, realize that we do have a worldview, everybody does, <laughs> yeah. and that uh, that in in some in very significant uh, form or fashion is going to impact uh, how we behave, how we relate with other people, how we think about ourselves, uh, how we vote, our politics, our um, and and so many things like that. So um, yeah. Now in in our podcast, and I think in the. In the first one, we said that we're, you know, primarily trying to reach uh, the Christian conservatives, uh, but obviously inviting everybody in. And but today, we're primarily speaking today to people who identify as Christians or or Christ followers, uh, because you know this is a very important topic uh, for everybody. Um, and just like Brian said, it our worldview does affect you know how we think, what we do, uh, our relationships with our friends, our family. Our spouses, um, so it, it's important to to know about it. Yeah, yep. And uh, so, as we uh, are trying to talk about that, um, that we all want to try to live as consistently as possible uh, with whatever worldview we have, or that's the ideal. If we have a worldview, then uh, it's it's a good test whether we're living consistently according to that. And so, um, and yet no one ever lives 100% consistently. <laughs> and so, yeah. that's why we need the gospel, that uh, no matter what our, uh, our, our morality or our sense of right and wrong, nobody ever lives 100% according to that. 
So we're, we're going to need to figure out a way, how do we get forgiveness for that? So just a good example of that, even people that look at the Bible and they say, oh, the Sermon on the Mount is all the religion that I need. Well, here's the problem, that nobody is ever going to live perfectly according to the Sermon on the Mount, and so there we go again. So mm-hmm. we're, we're all, in, in, in essence, we're all sinners against whatever moral code uh, that we have. I was just about to say that, you know, we're all sinners. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there's, I mean, that's just the way it is. But, you know, you got to remember, don't forget that the, the gospel is the main thing. And once settled, it's not the only thing. Um, uh, once the matter of our salvation is dealt with, we have to go about living our lives as individuals, families, communities, you know, locally, uh, also as a country, and then as a global community as well. Yeah, and and how are we going to do that? And as as believers, uh, if the Bible is truly foundational, if it's the Word of God like we claim it to be, then uh, uh, for whatever it speaks to clearly, uh, that is something that we need to take as a primary importance and and uh, use it to evaluate other ideas and other positions. Uh, it's not that uh, that other ideas, things from science, uh, can't come in, because I love the idea that all truth, any, anything that's really true is God's truth. There's no truth that exists that uh, isn't according to God. But I think there's a lot of things that, that might be claimed as truth, uh, that if they clearly contradict what the Bible clearly says brings that into question. And so that's where the importance of talking about a, a, a biblical worldview, uh, even for people who claim to be believers, that's not an automatic connection. And I think the Bible talks about uh, you know, the, the renewing of our mind and, and how as, as believers we are saved once, but that our sanctification or becoming more like Christ is a lifelong process after that. Well, I think that's, I mean, a lot of that, uh, I mean, just, I, I'm sure you've heard the term you know, find your truth, Brian. Um, and yeah, I, I did the same thing. I laugh because there's no such thing as, as your truth. It's, you know, the truth. And that's about it. And, you know, you can't go much farther than that. Uh, if, if you're believing in, in your truth, I think you're living in a fantasy world. And um, so, you know, uh, there, there's one truth. And if you're able to find it, you know, that's really special. And obviously that's what we hope for everybody can do. Well, there's some people saying "ouch" out there. You just stepped on a lot of toes because uh, yeah, one, I, one yeah. of the major worldviews we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, that that's kind of where that your truth, my truth, no such thing as absolute truth comes out of, and uh, it certainly isn't a biblical one. But we see a lot of that creeping even into uh, into Christian circles. So we'll explore that in a little bit. Yeah, I think it's dangerous, but uh, we can kind of get into it. How about it? Okay, and welcome back. Uh, so now we're going to kind of get into the, the different types of worldviews. And if you start looking at the literature about worldview, you'll find there are many different ways, like we've said, to cut up the pie. Uh, we'll try to keep it simple, uh, condensed, and, and easy to understand. And uh, uh, But it's very interesting as you kind of get into it. Yep. So there's uh, there, there are lots of opinions on how many worldview categories there are, and this is certainly not exhaustive, but I think this is reflective of at least four of the of the major ones that we'll um, we'll run into. And this is from an art- another article that we uh, discovered by a guy by the name of Dick Tripp at GCI.org. 
But uh, the first one of these is uh, atheistic materialism. And so basically that uh, is the idea that there's, uh, there's no God or transcendent being. Uh, somehow there, there really isn't a good answer about how all this got here, but it just is, is all here. And after we die, there's nothing. And so um, that, that's all there is to it. And uh, there was a famous scientist on TV, he's passed away now, Carl Sagan, but he always began his TV program by saying, this world is all that is, that ever was, and ever is going to be. And so that, uh, that pretty much describes this kind of uh, atheistic materialism or scientism in a nutshell. That is, uh, just to read that and listen to that is so, well, to me, scary. You know, just because people really do think like that, and um, I don't know. But um, anyways, going on, uh, the, the next one, you know, is like uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, the New Age type thinking, uh, that God is everything, or everything is a part of God. Kind of like, you know, Disney's Pocahontas, everything has a life, a spirit, a name, that type of thing. Uh, another thing is they think, you know, God is an impersonal, a noble force. Uh, kind of like Star Wars and you know the Force and you know, that type of stuff, uh, but in the end we basically end up worshiping ourselves, which kind of leads to the, our uh, next type of thinking. Okay, the next one is uh, reflects some of the toes that Denver just stepped on, uh, but it's called postmodernism and a lot of different ways to describe that. But uh, that everybody gets to define their own reality. That uh, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Everything, uh, every idea is merely a social construct. Uh, that's where critical theory, uh, including critical race theory, uh, comes out of historical revisionism, deconstructionism, all of these words that we're seeing right now. So this, this particular worldview is very pervasive uh, in the world and in academia. And uh, once again, some of this is creeping into uh, a lot of uh, the thinking, even at... Um, at the level of uh, some Christian believers. Yeah, and uh, the next and last one is uh, biblical Christianity as a worldview, uh, that there is a personal creator God, and that the Bible is God's inspired word. And that's kind of what we're wanting to, to focus on um, and, and talk about. Yep. So the, our purpose here isn't to describe all this in detail, uh, but just to present what we mean about a biblical worldview. So we'll compare and contrast one of these other worldviews with a biblical one. And uh, again, just for the nature of time and because it's, it's uh, very thorough but succinct, I'm going to go back to uh, that compellingtruth.org and the Got Questions ministry. So here's quoting from them. So here's talking about a nat naturalistic worldview. A naturalistic worldview would answer the three questions as follows. We are the result of purposeless acts of nature. We're, we are what is wrong with the world, as we do not respect nature. The world can be saved through environmentalism, conservation, and us coming to terms with our true nature. Common philosophies that come from uh, a naturalistic worldview are moral and cultural relativism, existentialism, uh, nihilism, and utopianism. Well, that's a lot of isms. <laughs> yeah, almost a little bit too much. I, just as you kind of read that, I kind of chuckled to myself, but... Um, anyways, in contrast, again, this is quoting, uh, a Christian worldview attempts to answer the three questions biblically. God created, created humanity in his image so that we could have a meaningful relationship with him and put us on the planet to rule over it. 
Genesis 127 through 29 to 15. Number two, we sinned against God, subjecting ourselves and the world to the curse of evil, decay, and death. Genesis 3, Romans 8, 22. And then number three, God became a human being and sacrificed himself to pay the penalty for sin and to one day restore creation to a perfect state. John 3, 16, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Revelation 21 through 22. A Christian worldview should result in an adherence to moral absolutes and to belief in miracles, the value of human life, and the possibility of forgiveness and redemption. Yeah. So now we're back to our own uh, dialogue here. But as believers, uh, that with the knowledge of the scriptures uh, and with our eyes on current events and issues, and with an appreciation for the, the blessedness and resiliency and, yeah, the flaws of our country that we're blessed to live in, uh, one huge question comes up again, uh, and that's how shall we now live? And that's why we're talking about this. That really is the, the issue for our podcast is good fight. Why is there anything even worth uh, uh, fighting about or contending for? And so that, that is really why we're all bringing this up. Yeah. And, you know, as we say, it is a good fight. We are fighting for good. And we, you know, not only will we want to encourage uh, others and, and, you know, it, it's going to take all of us in this. Um, but much like we want to have a, uh, to live a pleasing life, uh, or sorry, a life pleasing to the Lord, with a worldview influenced by the living world, we can create a country and a world that is more pleasing to God than it is to ourselves. And I, I, think, I think that's, you know, truly a, a main point there uh, that it, it, we can certainly strive to do. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's good to remind all of our listeners, even, even though we're primarily uh, desiring to speak to a, 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 an audience of conservative um, believers, that um, uh, we are, um, we're not equating this with salvation, and not everybody has to be a Christian. And we want to be free to dialogue about the gospel, but that's where, you know, when John Adams said that our, our country, our system of government is designed for a, a moral, upright, and religious people, it's wholly unfit for any other. And uh, I think that that idea is another important one for us to remember and to try to promote those, those ideas and those principles uh, that uh, because they have their origin in the creator of the universe and kind of the, our owner's manual, the Bible, uh, whoever follows those is, uh, is, is going to be better off. And, uh, and then we want the opportunity to talk to them about the eternal consequences of that. Yeah, and just, as you said, using the, the Bible as like an owner's manual, it, the Bible should be the main tool in uh, decisions, you know, anything from family to you know, large-scale international relations. You know, it, it's not hard to, it is hard to go wrong uh, with the Bible. Uh, sort of like a Swiss Army knife in its usefulness, um, cliche term, but you know it's certainly true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, our our next segment is going to be uh, our, our lightning round. So we decided that uh, each of us is going to kind of pick a, a hot topic that's on our mind right now and and uh, and comment on it before we come back to our final uh, segment about why all this matters. Let's do it.
All right, and welcome back. Uh, we are going to, like we said, do the lightning round. Each, we're each going to kind of pick a topic and talk about it uh, and you know why it's on our mind. And uh, I'll go first. So as many of you have probably heard, uh, that the government is deciding that they're going to uh, monitor bank accounts uh, that have uh, more than $600 of inflow a year and a balance of more than $600. So... Uh, I mean, first of all, just to think about that is quite scary, but it's almost not surprising, um, you know, from what they already do. Uh, in fact, they're probably listening to us right now talk. Um, so, I mean, you know, they're tracking our phone calls uh, and everything, and now they're going to track our bank accounts. And I guess the reason why they want to do this is to kind of catch those those uh, tax cheaters and, you know, those, uh, I guess, the rich that kind of evade their taxes a little bit. And, you know, I know one thing, I'm not rich, but I have more than $600 in my account, and now they're going to track me and everybody else in the country. Um, and, you know, just me going to college, you know, I'm taking a constitutional law class, and we kind of talk about how we're seeing the snowball effect of government overreach. And, you know, the snowball is almost becoming an avalanche at this point, and it's going to become something so difficult that we can't, um, can't fix if we don't do anything. So, again, that's the whole thing about the good fight, is raising up people um, and go ahead and, and fighting against this. Not the people, but the ideas and these crazy things that they're, they're talking about. So this is just another example of one of those. Um, and we have to push back against this and everything else like this. Yeah. Well, and boy, I hadn't heard about the, uh, the part of it with a $600 balance. I'd heard about the transactions, but I hadn't heard about the balance, and that makes balance. it even more chilling. Yes. And, yeah. uh, you know, one, one of the things laid out in the Declaration of Independence was uh, the problem with uh, the, the government just trolling innocent people to see if they might find something wrong. And that uh, that was really an issue, and that our system is set up on purpose. There's got to be evidence for something going on wrong. We're presumed innocent uh, until proven guilty, and that that is is a, a privilege that we are uh, we need to keep reminding ourselves how important it is. So, uh, and it's and it's all for the the I think it's a really a cover up, but the idea of of, of catching people cheating on their taxes. And there's a lot of answers to that, and people need to pay their their fair taxes. But um, there there's a lot more behind it than that. And uh, you know, we we need to also talk more about tyranny and what you know, what it, different forms it takes up. And uh, yep. So yep. So your your thing uh, is one kind of tyranny, and I'm pretty fired up about my thing, which is another <laughs> kind of tyranny. All too. right, go for it. <laughs> but yeah, the. Uh, uh, the FBI uh, is, has been weaponized against uh, parents and uh, uh, that are speaking out to school boards uh, just about issues of concern to them. And uh, if you hadn't caught the news, uh, an association of school boards sent a letter to the Justice Department, the Attorney General, um, uh, uh, saying that, oh, we have parents speaking out at school boards and uh, they're quite passionate and they're, uh, you know, there may be one or two little things that they might be doing wrong or, or could do better, but uh, we feel like these people are, are a threat to, to our, the education of our children and we feel like they're domestic terrorists and so therefore you need to bring the power of the federal government to investigate these people. And um, 
you know, it, it, just the fact that they sent that letter is bad enough, but the fact that the Justice Department would actually say that they're looking into doing that, that's, that's even worse. Because clearly, this is a local issue for local law enforcement to figure out. And the, um, uh, the, the people that they cited in the letter, uh, one of them is a father down in Florida whose, uh, whose daughter um, uh, was, was sexually assaulted, but it's alleged that she was sexually assaulted in the girls' restroom at her school by a transgender male that was in, uh, that was in the bathroom. Uh, the school district covered that up and didn't report it properly. And even just today, the day we're recording this, it's come out that the, uh, they're pretty much admitting that they didn't report it properly. But um, as the father of a daughter, I would be very agitated if that happened to my daughter and that the, that person was not being prosecuted for the crime that they committed. Um, and the other thing, our friend Charlie Kirk uh, has a, um, a school board watch list. Uh, and they're kind of listing issues of concern in different school boards, and uh, that was in the list of things to be targeted too, from what I understand. So, uh, boy, I'm I'm uh, being a retired teacher. Education's big on my mind, and uh, I just I think we need to remind everybody that it's the parents, not the state, that's responsible for kids' education, uh, and that we need to to take that responsibility back. And that's one of the reasons I'm very excited that just this week. Uh, there is going to be a petition drive going out to get a school choice initiative on the California ballot for 2022. And that's something I'm going to spend a lot of time and effort on. In fact, I, I'm starting to go to my local school board meetings. And I went to one just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm very glad and plan to continue that. So yeah, I could go on and on, but that's not the episode. <laughs> it's certainly worthwhile. Maybe we could do a episode on that or maybe an episode on school choice because how important that is. So Yep. I'm going to be asking people to sign that petition. Good stuff. Yep. Well, I guess we'll need to return to the topic at hand, so we'll do that in just a second. Very good. Back to uh, back to worldview now. So, why does all this matter? Why does worldview matter? I mean, we said er earlier that uh, it, it affects all of our life, but um, here are some some suggestions about uh, some of the specifics about that. And here's one more: uh, the final quote from the CompellingTruth.org um, article. So, uh, a worldview is a compre is comprehensive in its impact. Our worldview affects everything we do, whether we recognize it or not. Our worldview affects how we spend money, how we treat our spouses and children, who we vote for, how we treat nature, what we choose to do with our time. A true and complete Christian worldview is not something that can exist only at church on Sundays. There's no separating a Christian worldview from everyday life. Jesus himself is to be our worldview. Forming our worldview on his life and teachings is the only way to navigate through this world. That is what a Christian worldview is all about. End quote. Well, there's a lot of details within that and overall to discuss. Um, but, I mean, if we're just kind of thinking logically here, uh, if we do claim to be Christians, um, you, you know, the, the Bible should be our foundation point um, and something that we truly rely on not only when it's convenient for ourselves. Um, and, you know, with that, that should be a unifying point 
um, within uh, or with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, and unfortunately, it doesn't sort of seem to be that way all the way. Um, and I truly pray that, you know, as we kind of go on, that we can get to that point. Yep. Well, um, uh, it's in terms of uh, the, the it's, it's a fair question to ask, what does constitute a biblical worldview? And um, there's a pollster by the name of George Barna who's done some research regarding, regarding biblical worldview. Uh, and some of his conclusions are how, how few professing Christians embrace what he identifies as a consistently biblical worldview. And there, uh, there may be some minor areas of disagreement about what that constitutes, but at the same time, uh, it's very important. And from what Barna has to say, that even amongst Christians, well, first of all, he says that I think, I forget whether it's 6 or 8% of uh, professing Christians have a consistently biblical worldview uh, throughout all the important aspects of life and, and, and current events. So then he goes on to say that, he, again, amongst Christians and amongst the world in general, the most common worldview is syncretism. So basically, people are out there and they're looking around and they're, 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 uh, it's kind of like a buffet. So you're choosing uh, to, to believe uh, this from one worldview and believe that from another worldview and you know, a little bit of stuff from the Bible. And, and, uh, and, and so basically, it's just kind of you, you make up your own worldview out of that. Yeah, and that's not uh, that's not what obviously we, we should be trying to do, um, and because of you know I think that there is a reason behind all of this, um, and obviously our world, our nation, has become so political uh, that you know people who claim to be believers and even pastors are unfortunately you know don't really want to address the the issues that are considered controver- controversial. Uh, and, you know, it kind of seems like no-brainers when you really look at the process and uh, what, what Scripture has to say. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just part of that whole thing where, you know, um, we have to be bold, and the time is now, and to be unafraid and unapologetic. Uh, and certainly I understand that can be difficult, and even for me I can, I can point to a few examples. Uh, but... We're living for God. We're living for Him, um, and we can truly, you know, be prof- profound in that aspect. And knowing that, um, you know, what we're doing is for the good and uh, for what God wants for us, and that's important. Yeah, and, and this is going to spill over into our next um, our next segment that we record because I think it's fair for us to really do more than just lay out things in a general way, but just to give you some specific things where. Uh, where a, a biblical worldview really does matter. And I think we mentioned in a previous podcast that uh, a, a good thing to remember that in terms of looking at the world as believers, that there are essentials that we absolutely have to be unified around. Uh, there are non-essentials that we can offer liberty uh, over and that we can have disagreements over. But in, in, in all those things, we want to, uh, to have a true Christian love for one another. And yet, I think there are some difficult conversations about real things going out there in the world that the Bible speaks pretty clearly about that, uh, that are, we need to be 
uh, unified around as uh, as believers. And so, just a little bit of taste that you know, there's um, uh, a, a Catholic priest, uh, Father Ed Meeks, uh, has talked about just three foundational issues that all believers really should be unified over. And those things are the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, and religious liberty. And he makes that he makes a good case uh, for those things. And um, and I think, as we, but as we look around uh, amongst uh, um, churches that claim to be Christian churches, that uh, there we're far from unified about those things, uh, especially in terms of um, you know how we believe, how we articulate, how we vote about issues that that make those up, and that's kind of where the where the the, the friction is going to happen is where our personal feelings or um, or where other people's opinions are going to come up against what the Bible says. Where are we going to come down on that? So yeah. uh, that really is kind of what this is all about. Well, Brian, what would you say to people out there who uh, you know do believe these things and um, and, and want to be as good as they can, but you know. Uh, like say their family around them is you know a very political family and you know I guess you could say politically correct family. What would you say to people who are kind of in that situation and want to speak out but are afraid to speak out? Well, I just as I look for this for myself and I, I am uh, do not consider myself uh, a very good example of this in my life right now. In fact, it's one of the cutting edge issues. Just realizing. As I speak out for what the Bible clearly says and, and try to be as loving as I can and speak the truth in love, I'm going to lose relationships. I'm going to lose friendships. And that that, uh, that just comes along with the territory of this kind of a spiritual war that we're in right now. Out, out uh, we are, We're always in, but especially in our country and our world right now. But that, um, that we, we need to know the scriptures. I think some of our problem is that we just don't know the scriptures. We don't really know what the Bible says. We hear what other people say about what the Bible says. Uh, and that's why, man, I, I'm so enjoying being on my second trip through, through the Bible in a year, just reading through the Bible in the New Living Translation. And that is so good, just marinating myself and just bathing myself in the whole council of scripture over and over again. That's pretty amazing. Well, that, that's really wise, and um, I would encourage everybody to kind of do the same thing and just get into the Word, and, you know, I can even find myself, you know, trying, you know, un unfortunately neglecting that at times, but I can truly say that things go better when I'm in the Word, so yeah, uh, I think that could be true for everybody. Um, so, yeah. as we kind of wrap up here, we just kind of want to remind everybody about our email, um, you know, where you could uh, ask us questions. Um, things to bring up on our next podcast, pretty much anything. Um, and that email is goodfight71 at gmail.com. Um, so we'd really appreciate hearing from you guys. Yeah, and, and just uh, reflecting on this or any other thing, there's just a lot to think about. And, and um, none of us is perfect. All of us are wrong about something. And uh, uh, that... You know, there, God's going to have plenty to say to all of us about things that we didn't get right down here. And yet, uh, if we believe that uh, He's in our lives and the Holy Spirit has put us here for a purpose and uh, that He's given us His Word and His Word is mighty and, and, and powerful as a two-edged sword um, and His Word is truth, that um, we can, we, with the, the Spirit's boldness, we can go forth and proclaim that biblical truth and what flows out from it with... Um, 
with a, with a courage uh, and a confidence that uh, God will use it. Uh, he'll correct us as he sees fit and uh, it'll all, the rest of it will balance out at the finish line. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, so we just like to close with a, a verse from Romans 12. Uh, so much of this, and, and for, for believers especially, so much has to do with the Spirit's work in our life, opening up the Word to us. Uh, he's gifted us for different uh, purposes, and yet for all of us, that uh, Romans 12, 2, and this is the New Living Translation again, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I think as individuals, as we come into, into contact with his word uh, and uh, then go to other believers with uh, solid teaching and with uh, love and humility to discuss these things and then figure out uh, to have the courage to, to live and to, to pray and to yeah, vote and, and other things that flow down from that, that... Um, that's uh, that change can help transform and and uh, and spread what we call God's common grace uh, out to everybody. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, as we kind of go on and our next episode, uh, I guess we're going to kind of keep you in suspense as we keep ourselves in suspense on what to decide <laughs> what to what to, what to do. Um, but I can assure you, it will be worthwhile, um, and we're looking forward to doing that. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, it'll likely flow out of all this, but we'll work on what specifics we want to give you. So thanks for your prayers, too, by the way, and uh, praying that the, the Lord will use this in our lives and, and the lives of uh, all who listen. Yeah, so uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, spread this to family, friends, anybody who you think uh, would be interested. Um, and we'll catch you guys next time. Keep up the good fight, and God bless. God bless you.